0: Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldview's Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled Christians vs. Rainbows, Prayer and Confrontation at the Abortion Clinic. This is uh, an update on our local abortion clinic and the broader issue Of silent prayer at clinics across the country. For the next 40 weeks, every Saturday, uh, they meet at 9 a.m. at a nearby park within walking distance of the abortion clinic. Each week is typically represented by one or two of the churches in the area. Our local group uh, is only a year old and had 50 church sponsors last year and hopes to have 100 churches participating by the end of this year. The numbers of individuals and families in attendance range from 25 and up. This past Saturday, the first prayer walk of the season, we had nearly 100. In the parking lot, we were given a short devotion, a quick prayer, and then instructions on how to conduct ourselves at the abortion clinic. We're told not to speak to anyone and especially to resist yelling back in response to the pro-choice volunteers we'll encounter. The walk to the abortion clinic was 10 minutes of silent prayers, being told it was a prayer walk and not a prayer talk. No one speaks to anyone except the Lord. As we come up the hill toward the clinic, there are folks on the sidewalk with badges on, some with slip-on rainbow vests. They stare at us but don't speak as we pass silently by. We don't speak looking down at the sidewalk to avoid conflict. As we walk up and position ourselves across the street in a small open median area in front of the clinic, there's a man yelling toward the clinic building. Though his tone is loving, his voice is intentionally loud enough to be heard through the walls of the clinic. He's calling those inside to reconsider their decision to abort their unborn child. No one can use any sound systems directed at the clinic due to restrictions established by the federal FACE Act. The abortion clinic itself is a small, nondescript, one-story building approximately 1,500 square foot in size. It sits in a business district at the end of a cul-de-sac. The owners of the business has three more of these facilities in nearby cities. This one has a tall wooden privacy fence in the front erected to prevent folks inside from looking out. The windows that are visible have blinds covering them as patients enter the parking lot some of the clinic volunteers stand in a line blocking a view of our group as they get out of their cars others have rainbow umbrellas that cover the women's faces as they walk from their cars to the building entrance so the abortion procedures at a clinic like this um there's two different types of abortions performed. The first is medical abortions. Once a group typically between 15 and 20 pregnant women is assembled in a small conference room, they're encouraged to ask any questions they might have. In our state, North Carolina, there's no mandatory counseling required before an abortion procedure. Once all questions have been answered, each woman is given a pill to take with a small glass of water. They're given a second pill to take home with them to be taken within 24 hours. This is termed a medical abortion, which can be up to 99% effective. It can be used in the first 12 weeks of gestation, and the whole process can be completed in two weeks. The first pill is taken at the clinic, and it stops the production of progesterone needed to maintain a pregnancy. The second pill causes constrictions of the uterus, which, quote, ejects the pregnancy, unquote, during the remaining two-week period. Then the other alternative performed at the clinic is called surgical abortion. For those women who are beyond 14 weeks, a surgical abortion by vacuum aspiration is, quote, a minor surgical procedure where the uterus is emptied using a gentle suction, unquote. Some clinics use a manual method of suction, others use an electrical vacuum. It's unknown which procedures are being used at our clinic in North Carolina. So our time at the clinic. We have a regular routine that includes singing a few Christian hymns and then breaking into small groups for intercessory prayer. We've been given sheets of specific topics to be praying for. We pray for the women that they would change their minds and not abort. We pray for the nurses and doctors that they would see what they're doing from God's perspective. Finally, we pray for the rainbow volunteers and the police, of which there are two unmarked police SUVs in the parking lot next door. After about 45 minutes, we have a final group prayer. Sing one last song and silently head back to the park where our cars are being watched. Feedback. On Sunday... The sponsoring church for that week, or churches, typically gets an email offering praise for those women who rejected the pill or the surgical abortion and chose life. The Saturday our church volunteered for the first time in 22, five women chose life for their unborn babies. This Sunday, we did not receive an email. However, since the ministry began in 2016 in Charlotte, North Carolina, they've documented over 4,500 families saved and currently have weekly prayer walks in 11 states and 21 cities across the country, mobilizing 140,000 Christians, over 800 partner churches. The ministry is called Love Life, and it's considered a prayer walk ministry. They have a code of conduct which, quote, we ask that you not engage with anyone at the abortion center. Our role is simply to stand in the gap in prayer for the preborn at the darkest place in our city. This is not a protest, but a time of prayer and worship, unquote. Their mission statement is, quote, love life is uniting and mobilizing the church to create a culture of love and life that will result in an end to abortion. And the orphan crisis. Unquote. And third, core Christian theology quote, We are motivated by the great commandment, guided by the great commission, and collaborating in John 17 unity to reach the least of these at abortion mission fields. The sad statistics. According to Pew Research, It's estimated that there were 930,000 abortions in 2020, which was the last year um, reported. That is one abortion every 34 seconds, or according to the CDC, 198 abortions per thousand live births. Clearly, we are killing hundreds of thousands of unborn children due to convenience rather than life-threatening danger to the mother. It's currently estimated that there are between 1 and 2 million couples waiting to adopt. Every year, approximately 140,000 children are adopted by U.S. families, yet only 4% of women with unwanted pregnancies place their children through adoption. The future of abortion clinics. It's likely that abortion clinics such as the one we prayed for will eventually lose many of their customers and ultimately close. There are two reasons for this. First, some states are prohibiting late-term abortions, which remains undefined. In North Carolina, for example, Republicans have proposed a fetal heartbeat law that would restrict abortions after approximately the ninth week. Presently, North Carolina is at 20 weeks. Second, many states are considering allowing medical abortions, which is the abortion pill, to be prescribed by Teladoc for at-home use. A biblical Christian perspective. Abortions and the clinics that support them have always been a hot button issue in this country. Roe v. Wade was built on the false premise that the Constitution provided federal authority over states' rights. When that view was recently overturned, states are now tasked with deciding these guidelines. Many progressive Christians challenge the notion that the Bible is clear on abortion. Others reject the Bible entirely. They focus instead on the blanket love Jesus has for everyone, including a woman's rights. They miss the reality that Christ includes the unborn as the most vulnerable of his children. If one objectively looks at the scripture, God is very clear that he sees the unborn as one of his children. However, since we live in a sinful world there where one often has to decide between the lesser of evils rather than pure good versus evil, there are situations where the life of the mother should take precedence. Christians need to respond as an advocate for the unborn, but with grace and love toward those who disagree. God bless you